When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Happy Thursday to one and all. Happy June. New month. How about that? It is indeed the first day of June 2023. Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Happy NBA Finals to those who celebrate. You know what? If you're a part of this program, you're celebrating because that's why we're only on for 90 minutes tonight because at 830 we are going to send things out to the Rockies. That's right. It is game one between the Heat and the Denver Nuggets. Finally, it is finally here. The Nuggets probably thrilled because they've just been sitting around with their feet up for the last 10 days while Miami had to race to a 3 nothing lead, then blow a 3 nothing lead, then go on the road and win a game seven on Monday night in Boston just to make it to this point. So finally, we get a chance to see some basketball here. The two best teams, the two most deserving teams, that are still playing ball here, and including the best player in the world in Nikola Jokic, his first time on the NBA final stage. So this is, hey, this is where you leave your legacy. This is where you make your mark. And now he's got a golden opportunity here over the next couple of weeks, and we'll do a little preview a little bit later on in the program. Harvey and Joe are here, as usual, producing the program tonight. You can get me on Twitter, at Dan Gross, at G-R-A-C-A. So a lot of things we're going to squeeze into the next 90 minutes, but we got to start. We got to start. Harvey. What song would you play right now, given where you think we're going to start the show based on what happened this afternoon? You know, it's a very good question, and I'll just say this. Three, two, one. There you go. Come on. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. And it's not even so much this afternoon. It's the last. Yeah. 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 Go Mets. So we started the week, they were the average Mets, right? 27 up, 27 down, definition of mediocre. And now, fast forward a few days later, they're the streaky Mets. They go from average to streaky. And what have we seen the last three games? Pitching, pitching, and guess what? More pitching to fuel the three-game sweep over the Philadelphia Phillies. And boy, I, you know, it's unfortunate that the powers that be in Major League Baseball decided to change the schedule format this year because for the last couple of seasons, including the last three days at City Field, the Mets have owned the Phils. They really have. I, I mean, they have dominated this Philadelphia Phillies baseball team. Now, it doesn't mean anything in the grand scheme of things, but, you know, if you got a team's number, you might as well play them more often than not. And the Mets have found a way to, you know, get that secret formula against a team in their own division. And division games are always important. The more wins you could stack up against your division, it means that much more. But the encouraging thing, apart from the fact that they won three games in a row, the thing that has to satisfy you more than anything, more than anything, is what fueled these victories, right? It was pitching, pitching, more pitching. They gave up three runs in the last three games. Only two of them were earned. Senga would have jammed a couple of nights ago. And look, he's very comfortable on that mound at City Field. Hasn't figured it out on the road, but he's still got four more months to hopefully figure that out before October rolls around. 
Carlos Carrasco last night, second consecutive gem from him. That, to me, is very key. I still don't trust him with my life, but you know what? For a guy who's supposed to be your back end of the rotation contributor, I'll take this performance from Carlos Carrasco. How could he not? And then today, you save the best for last and Max Scherzer. And look, it's no secret. It's no secret at all that I was extremely critical of Max Scherzer the first month of the season. How could he not be? When he wasn't getting suspended, he was pitching terribly. He looked like a shell of his former self. He looked like a guy who, let's be honest, we're all friends here. He looked like he was washed. And you look at the bird certificate, you look at the back of the baseball card, and you realize, you know what, this guy has thrown a lot of innings. He's thrown a lot of pitches. But the only way that this season was going to fire, and you know what, I don't want to use it in the past tense because it's not like the Mets have arrived. They still have a hell of a lot of work to do. We still have four more months of this season left. But the only way that the Mets are going to get to where I guess they and a lot of us thought that they would be at when it was all said and done, Scherzer and Verlander have to dominate. They are the core of this baseball team. These two guys who they're paying $43 million each, they're getting the exact same paycheck for this entire season. Like their paychecks actually get mixed up. Like they walk off with each other's by mistake sometimes because they're exactly the same, right? These guys have to pitch like Hall of Famers. And to me, at least for the first month, month and a half of the season, this guy was probably the biggest concern that you had on the team because if you didn't have a dominant Scherzer, you weren't winning anything. But throw in today, look at what this guy's done the last four times out. He's pitching to an ERA of a buck eight, okay? A whip sub one of 0.8. Those are good numbers. Especially you sabermetric nerds. You know, if you see a 0.8 whip, you know that somebody's doing something right, and Max Scherzer has been. He's lowered his ERA over two runs over the last four games. Coming back from that little neck issue that he had, overcoming the sticky substances, he's washing his hands now vigorously, and you hope that this is the same Max Scherzer you're seeing the rest of the year. Now, look, he's not somebody that's going to go out there and light up the radar gun at 97, 98 anymore consistently. That's not his game. But he's got a bevy of off-speed pitches. He's going to have to confuse hitters he's gonna have to change speeds he's gonna have to keep them guessing and that to me is still an effective way that a guy like Max Scherzer can get outs in the big leagues and not just get outs but get outs at a high level because I think this guy knows what he's doing and he knows how to pitch and all the great ones have to do this if they want to have a late act to their baseball career they're gonna have to go out there and make the adjustments you can't just be stubborn and rear back and try to throw it through a brick wall like you used to be able to Because, well, plain and simple, you're not going to confuse anybody. And big league hitters are going to catch up to your less than flattering fastball, and they're going to hit it about five miles. And that's what was happening to him earlier in the season, but not anymore. Mets are getting contributions from the starting pitching. They're getting length from their starters, which is a great thing. And lo and behold, isn't it funny, right? It's not just cliché. When the Mets get six innings from a starting pitcher, they're 16-0. How about that? Isn't that a novel idea? That the starting pitcher gives you outs, minimizes the wear and tear on the bullpen, and just like that, boom, you have yourself a winning formula. But you know what? It was more than just the pitching, though. But how about a guy like Mark Canna? Mark Canna 
who hasn't exactly wowed so far this season. You know, he's become essentially a, a platoon player, batting down at the bottom of the order. Last couple of days, you know what? Whatever dream he's having right now, I hope he doesn't wake up. He basically achieved half of his season's RBI total up until this point, just in the last two days. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and, you know, be Mike Trout every single day, but I'll take half of this, and I think Met fans would take half of this type of Mark Canna for the remainder of the season because last year he wasn't half bad. You know, he was decent. He contributed to them winning baseball games, and you're wondering where that guy was this season. If they can only get Marte going now in terms of those outfield bats, then you kind of feel a little bit better about where things are. And the fact that the Braves have not necessarily run away with this thing yet, that's allowed the Mets to kind of make up some ground here because you're only three and a half games out of first place. You got a Blue Jays team coming in for the weekend, which I know that they haven't exactly been firing on all cylinders yet. It's funny enough, they got the same record as the Mets do. But this Toronto team had World Series aspirations. I thought this team would win the American League this year. Okay, they have a lot of talent on that team. And they get to face another old friend tomorrow in Chris Bassett. They took care of Taiwan Walker today, Bassett tomorrow. Two guys who, look, I wouldn't mind it if the Mets brought him back, and I've talked about it a lot this week about Bassett, how they essentially just let him walk out the door for basically nothing. And hopefully that decision doesn't come back to bite them by about 10 o'clock tomorrow at City Field. But you got the Jays in for three. Then you get the big test. Then you go to Atlanta. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. First trip down to Atlanta this season, and those are measuring stick games. Hell, the games this weekend are measuring stick games. Like I said, the Blue Jays got a lot of talent. They got a lot of ability. But if the starting pitching is going to be as consistent as it's been here over the last few days, maybe this Mets team is going to surprise us, and they're going to be the ones to take off over the last four months of the regular season. Like I said, last year, it was right around this time, okay, The Braves were kind of just milling about. They were sub-500. They were on a West Coast trip out in Arizona. They had a team meeting before one of those games. They ran off 14 consecutive victories all the way to 101, and they chased down the Mets for the National League East Championship. Still a lot of baseball to play, but at least the signs are a little bit more encouraging from what you're seeing now. 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Want to hear from the Met fan? You know, what do you make of this little spurt that they've been on? Are you convinced that maybe the Mets that we thought we were going to see at the beginning of the season are now the ones that have arrived finally? Also, when I come back, Scherzer's great. He's a good quote after the games. But if you watch the game, he also got into it again with the home plate umpire. And the root of it is because of this whole pitch clock situation. And Max kind of unloaded, not just on the umpires, and it really wasn't even the umpires. It was on Major League Baseball. So if you didn't get a chance to hear that, I'll play that for you when we come back. Yankees have the day off tonight. They traveled down to L.A. after a tough extra inning loss last night. Hey, you lose a one nothing game in 10 innings, what can you do? They had chances. They scored 30 runs the previous three games. Sometimes the bats just aren't going to fire for you. It happened last night. They got a good pitching performance. They just didn't score any runs. And you're not going to win games if you don't score any runs. Now they head south to take on the Dodgers this weekend, which should be a lot of fun. And you know what? 
They're going to get some reinforcements back in the lineup, too. We'll get into that. Also talk plenty of NBA with the finals tipping off in a little over an hour from now. You're going to hear every bounce of the ball right here on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Dan Gross' show. Short show tonight. We go till 8.30. Then it's game one. Heat Nuggets right here. 98.7 ESPN. Yeah! Go Mets! Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talking Mets, they pull off a three-game sweep of the Philadelphia Phillies out at City Field to welcome in the Jays and their old buddy Chris Bassett tomorrow night, but um, after the game today, and look, Scherzer was fantastic again. This is four good starts in a row, but there was one point in between innings where Scherzer was getting into it with the home plate umpire, Trip Gibson, and this is all while he was going through his warm-ups, and you know, Scherzer's a guy who's very animated and adamant about his routine. A lot of starting pitchers are, and now with this whole pitch clock stuff, which has been incorporated into the sport, Pitchers are not given as much time in between innings to get their warm-ups in because, you know, by rule and by the edict of Major League Baseball, you got to keep this game moving. God forbid there is any sort of a lull or any sort of downtime in a game that Major League Baseball and the powers that be must think that if that ever happens, that, you know, the twenty or 30,000 people that are in the ballpark are all at the same time going to rise from their seats and all head to the exits. If they have to actually sit there and not watch a pitch being thrown for more than two and a half seconds. It's, it, it, it's insane. But anyway, so Scherzer's unloading on the umpire, and they're going back and forth. And then at that point, you're thinking, geez, are they going to throw him out of the game? Like, is it going to be one of these situations? It didn't come to that. But nevertheless, here was Max after the game talking about the issue that he took exception with. 
you know, you, you're supposed to get eight warm-up pitches, and I had seven, and I asked for, can I get the eighth pitch? You know, can I do my normal routine warm-up? And he's telling me it's a clock, it's a clock, and, you know, that's what's so frustrating is that, look, I'm doing my normal routine. Why why do we need to step through the game and have the umpires, you know, change change routines when it's not my fault of what's going on here? You know, like, that that's, you know, I'm, you know, I'm talking to Tripp, and he, you know, he's sitting there saying, like, it's not, I, I can't do anything about it because if I let you throw the pitch, then, you know, MLB gets mad at him. And so so this goes back to, you know, why do we need a pitch clock for that situation? You know, I, I, if I throw one more pitch, what, I'm one second slower? Like, why can't the umpire have discretion in that situation to allow a pitcher to throw his eight normal warm-up pitch? Why do we have to be so anal about this to have the clock up everybody's face, shove it in everybody's face and try to stop out every little single second that's going through the game? And so it's situations like that that really are frustrating for not only, you know, pitchers, players, but even the umpires. And that's what Tripp says, you know, <laughs> like Tripp, Tripp's handcuffed. Why is Tripp handcuffed? cuff to not not allow something normal a normal routine just a normal routine you know why can't trip make that call and so you know he was actually you know compliment you know he, he said you know thank you for speaking out for the umpires because the umpires want to have that discretion they want to allow the game to be normal but the umpires are frustrated as we are that the game's not normal that we're just living and dying by the clock and so you know that that was our conversation and i said look I'll, I'll speak for you that you know we're too far like i said we're way too far you know thinking about the clock in every single situation instead of letting players have their normal routine. I don't disagree with what he's saying. Now, look, I'm not a pitcher. And by the way, for those that didn't see the game or know anything about the game, Max Scherzer and his team actually won the game. <laughs> you know, that wasn't like a source of added frustration because they went out there and, you know, he got his head beaten by the Phillies. No, far from the truth. You know, pitched a great game. And he's like, I'll take the heat for this one. And it's true. And, and, and if you're part of the older guard and the establishment like Scherzer is, he's been in this thing for a long time. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. There's an adjustment period. There's been an adjustment period, okay? Us as fans, we've had to adjust and get acclimated to this new version of baseball. And I think that there's some good and there's some bad. I think overall the majority, though, is positive because now we're a couple of months into this thing. You know, the games are a lot faster. Um, I guess that's a good thing if you're sitting at home and you want to maybe go do something else and you're not going to be tied down to just one game. But, you know, if you're at the ballpark, maybe you want to spend a little bit longer at the park, for example. And as far as the routines are concerned, pitchers, it takes a little bit more of a toll on you. You know, you don't have as much time to, let's say, catch your breath in between pitches. That was something that Scherzer spoke about earlier in the year. Batters can't lollygag, you know, stepping out of the batter's box every two seconds to adjust their helmet and their wristbands and, you know, their, their shin guards and all those type of things. Baseball's trying to keep the game moving a little bit here. I've been saying, though, and we're not going to get our answer for a few months, I want to see how this is going to translate come October. You know, when the games take on an even greater level of importance, you're going to have more moves that are made. You know, each particular instance is going to be over-strategized, if you will. You know, I'll believe it when I see it that we're going to get two-hour and 20-minute playoff games. Right? Then, then, Then I'll say, all right, then maybe this is actually working here. And you think the television partners are going to be happy about that? You know, the Foxes, for example, and, and, and the TBSs that pay all that money to Major League Baseball to televise the playoff games and the World Series, the games that count the most. And maybe they're not even going to be on the air as long with some of these games. So as far as advertising dollars are concerned, maybe they're not going to be able to recoup as much. wonder if they thought that out thoroughly down the line. Nevertheless, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Let us start with Artie in Brooklyn. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Art, how we doing? Dan, my man, what's going on, bud? What's up, Art? How's things? 
All right. So I, I love that the Mets swept. But and we could talk back and forth. They're going back and forth like a yo-yo, and I'm sure I'll make a call next week and how they lost three to the Blue Jays or three to whoever else they're playing, the Braves or whatever. But yep. the, the thing is with the Mets, it's, it's it's the GM and the lack of confidence that I have because I know that the Braves, the Phillies, the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Giants are all, all going to make moves. They're all going to make moves. And my GM last year in, in the player, in the deadline made two moves. They made, they got Vangerbach and they got Ruff. That combination is why we're stuck where we are. And think about this. His move was Correa. That was his move. And by the and way, they caught a The only reason why one. he's not on his team and having 165 mil, I mean 500 million, whatever the heck his contract would have been, okay, is that he failed the, uh, um, the uh, medical. Thank mm-hmm. God they didn't have the same medical team that they had back when because then he would definitely be on this team for sure. So, And like I said, you, Art, they caught a break because Correa's been, Correa's been terrible this year. Terrible. Right. Right. But, the, but our GM wanted him. Right or wrong? No, you're right. Absolutely. I think so, a lot of fans so want hell. I would have taken him on the team. In, what confidence am I going to have in Apier to make the move that's going to be needed to put this team where they want to go? None. None. All right, it's a big look. When you and, get to that I point. He, and I hope he proves me. And I hope they prove me wrong. when you get Listen, to that point, okay, and they're going to have right. to go make a move. Yep. And I thank you for the call, man, as always. Mets will be active. Look, they could use a bat. They could definitely use some help in the bullpen. And who knows? They might have to even go out and get himself a starting pitcher. The starting pitching market, that's going to be the one that I think materializes last. Okay, teams are still going to have to kind of maybe get a little bit of an understanding as to whether they're in, whether they're out. You know, are we buyers? Are we sellers? Because starting pitching, that's the biggest commodity. You don't have pitching, you're not going to win. Bullpen arms, you could go out there and get one of those tomorrow if you want. Seriously. Because you can have some teams out there that are like lying in the weeds. And you know that they're not going to be anything this year. Like, take the Kansas City Royals, for example. Kansas City, 17 up and 39 down. They stink. They're in last place. I, I, I don't care what the calendar says. They're done. They're not making the playoffs. It's not going to be one of those years for them. But... You can already identify some guys on that team that you could say, all right, they're going to maybe look to move them. I'll tell you, guy, you don't want to hear it necessarily, and this is not a direction I would go as far as the Mets are concerned, but I'm just using his name as an example. You see what our old buddy Aroldis Chapman is doing this year? He hasn't been horrible for them. And remember, they signed him late in the process, just a simple one-year deal with easily an idea that he pitches good enough for the first three, three and a half months of the season, and then they flip him for a prospect. That's what teams like the Royals do. That's why the Rockies signed Jerickson Profar late in the offseason, who I think would have been outstanding for the Yankees. You think Jerickson Profar would have worked out for the Yankees? I was only saying it all freaking winter, and Profar's having himself a real good season for the Rocks, and he's going to be trade bait, and he's going to be a guy that they could turn into a prospect by the deadline. Maybe he comes to the Yankees when it's all said and done. Who knows? But the point being is that you could go out there and get a bullpen arm like tomorrow. Starting pitcher might take a little bit while. Same thing even with the bats. 
if you want to get a quality bat. Not some scrubby bat like what the Mets brought in last year. Don't forget Tyler Naquin. That was another guy that they basically picked up off the scrap heap. You know, the team that has the richest owner and the largest payroll in baseball, they went extremely cheap when it came to going to get some offensive help last year at the deadline. That was the disappointing part. And it's funny, there was a report, there were two reports today, as a matter of fact. One, Ken Rosenthal had one report that maybe Edwin Diaz, there's a possibility that he could return late in the season. Like, they're not closing the door shut completely on him making a return, let's say, September, October, something like that. That he's, you know, progressing really well in his rehab, the knee is healing up, that maybe, just maybe, you know, he could be a late-season surprise for the Mets. Well, if that's the case, then that would minimize the need for a bullpen arm. And not to get too far ahead down the line, there's a Buster-only report that now, and this seems to, it's funny to me because this seems to change like every other week. But it's never too soon to start thinking about the offseason and the Shohei Otani sweepstakes. Well, now, according to Buster, that the Mets are a favorite for Shohei Otani because of the guy who already in Brooklyn calls Apier, but Billy Epler, the GM. Because Billy Epler was the guy who signed them, of course, when Billy was the GM of the Angels. But I don't put a lot of stock into that personally. Like, I almost put none. You think Shohei Otani gives a you-know-what who the GM is? You know? You can have the, the, you know, the, 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 the Prince of Darkness as the GM. Just give me the pen, and where do I sign the contract that is going to pay me $400 million or thereabouts? You think he really cares who the GM of the team is? Or more importantly, darkness of the heart. Darkness do you really of the heart. think, do you really think that Shohei Otani chose the Angels because Billy Epler was the GM? Really? Come on. Come on. Come back to me. That's, that's just a lazy excuse to throw out there. I just said it the other night, and I'm sticking to it. I would be shocked if Shohei Otani leaves the West Coast. I think he's going to the Dodgers. And that's one of the reasons why the Dodgers did not exactly wow too many folks during the offseason. And by their accounts, they had a pretty quiet offseason. But yet they're still finding ways to win baseball games. Isn't that ironic? 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. More of your calls. Talk a little Yankee baseball. We'll get into the NBA Finals. And a former Met who's really having a rough go of things right now. And he let the world know about it, too. Dan Grosser Show. We go to late 30 right here on 9870 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, game one of the NBA Finals coming up less than an hour from now at 8.30. That's when we're going to say goodbye and send you out to Denver. Nuggets and the Heat, but we'll be back tomorrow. Don't worry, a full show, 7 p.m. right after TMKS. And, of course, we're back on Saturday morning as well with our usual Saturday fest at 9 a.m. Yanks are off. We told you that, of course. They're going to take on the Dodgers. Cool series down at Dodger Stadium. Anytime Yankees-Dodgers get together, I mean, the you know, throwback, you know, seeing those two teams. They had World Series battles back in the day. It's been a while, but... Uh, nevertheless, anytime you go get the Yankees out of Dodger Stadium, it's pretty cool. You know, I'm sure some of the uh, Johnny-come-lately celebrities will show up. But nevertheless, Yanks are going to look a little bit different because after last night's game, they optioned Oswaldo Cabrera down to AAA. Same goes for Franchi Cordero and Matt Crook. And they did that because, well, we tell you why, of course, because Giancarlo Stanton, Josh Donaldson, Tommy Canely, all – Back from the injured list, so they are going to be uh, contributors, at least Aaron Boone and company hope, for the Bombers starting tomorrow. So it took some time, and now if they can only get Carlos Rodon back, now you're really talking about the team that Brian Cashman and his cronies envisioned that that would be the one to uh, lead them to glory here in 2023. Let's go back to the phones, and let's say hi to Lonnie in Harlem up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Lon, how we doing? Good afternoon, Dan. It's funny, I literally just re-entered Harlem coming from the DNR company out. And shout out to the company, of course, Dan. I wish it was there. My man, Joe Leo, was in the building. Harvey, we got to get you out there, man. We got to get you to come spend some time with company. Um, but, yeah, Dan, I just wanted to call Harvey's in and talk about your match. Harvey's too busy watching soccer, probably. He's too busy. He's too busy watching soccer with Jose and uh, sipping on the reusable yes. sippy cups. Yeah, drinking drinking his coffee now that he buys all these fancy creamers, apparently, right? That's on the agenda now. Oh, Lord. Harvey, yeah, I swear you bury he's, yourself, He's living his man. best life. That's what he's doing. All right. But, yeah, just wanted to call and speak about your Mets. I mean, they did look decent today. Scherzer was looking good besides that one little incident when he was coming off the bump. And uh, we was all talking about that. Like, you know, we thought he was about to get kicked out again and all of that. So that was a little, you know, it was. Kind of, it was a little weird in the, at that point because I believe you guys was up at that point, I think three two when that happened, and I was just sitting there like, yo, if he comes out, and I don't think I don't think he had made it past the sixth inning yet, so I'm like, yo, if he comes out, you know, I know how you know Mets right now, if your starting pitchers get past the sixth inning, and that's actually one of the big things that you know Hattie Johnny and some of the other Mets fans that the company was talking about, and I was just sitting there like, yeah, yo, I don't know, it could get a little, it could get a little dicey. He's already, you know, had the issue with the sticky stuff and stuff like that. So once he once he came back in, and you know he got, you know, he finished up the game with control and stuff like that. And then I forgot who uh, who had gave y'all a single to put somebody put somebody in. But I just wanted to call in Dan to let you know I wish he was at the game um, because it was a great game, great experience, the first company DNR out in. Um, great weather, too. Couldn't Wood. have asked for a better day, it, huh? It, 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 oh, man, the weather was great. My neck might be a little on fire right now, but, I mean, it was great. I mean, we was in 129, but, honestly, we all ended up basically sitting right behind Dave and Rick and sitting right next to RJ and Ray um, because, basically, the section kind of emptied out. And I, I, I really can't say enough about today. I just want to thank ESPN for finally making this happen. Um 
And thank you, Dan, for giving me the time to talk about it. And, uh, yeah, your men did good today, man. Nice little clean sweep of the dirty Phillies, as uh, Dave Rothenberg hey. likes to call them. We'll take it. You know what I'm saying? And, Lonnie, I'm glad you had a good time today. And uh, maybe you guys were the good luck charm. Let's hope so. And, you know, hopefully we get to do some more of these events moving forward and get everybody involved like that with the station. It's a good time when the people come out like that. Richard in Manhattan is next up here on 98.7. Hello, Richard. How are you? Dan, yeah, good idea with uh, uh, Chapman. But, you know, I don't want to mess around with uh, Robertson. He's the MVP at the Mets. No, I said I wouldn't go near him, but I'm saying somebody will. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not just because, no, not because of who he is, but we're doing okay. I mean, the relief pitching is one, you know, the closer. He's 10 of 11, Roberts, and he's got to be the MVP of the Mets right now. You know, that's very dicey. I don't want to bring another guy. But they need another, I'm saying, they're going to need yeah. another arm or two. You always remember, need arms. Yeah, of course, start only, a relief. Okay. Yeah, it's only yeah, June explain. 1st. It's only yeah. June 1st. Once you get to August it, and it, September, it, these guys are going to be taxed. All right, explain this to me. Yeah. They're playing a basketball game tonight. Now we've got to wait till Sunday? They're in Denver. Why do we need off Friday and Saturday? TV. Why can't we play the game Saturday night? There's nothing wrong with Saturday night games. Saturday night, you got the NHL. They don't want to go head-to-head with the Stanley Cup Finals. But they did a couple of uh, uh, two weeks ago on Saturday. Well, no, not the Finals. Not the Finals. Oh, because yeah. the, the, uh, uh, Florida was playing, and, and I think uh, uh, the, the, and the, uh, uh, LeBron James was playing Denver. I remember Correct. watching it on well, TV. Well, that's the conference but... finals. Yeah, they can't do anything about okay. that. Oh, so they can't yeah. go head-to-head. Is that the yeah, rule of the finals? To, they try to respect each other because, remember, you know, ESPN is also a partner with, with Oh, I, I didn't Hockey know that. League. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's kind of stupid that, that they're there in Denver. In the old days, they played right the day after, every time. I understand they want to stretch out. Now, Denver hasn't played in so long. Uh, it may be a, a disadvantage to them. But uh, and, and as far as the Yankees go, then uh, they're fine. They're on pace for 95, 96 wins, just what the way they're playing right now. And that, this is what all the injuries they have. And, uh, you know, they're fine. I mean, the Yankees are doing great. Cashman is fine holding the line. They made the good move, got rid of Hicks. They, they ate the contract. I can't complain any moves that the Yankees are or aren't doing, you know. It's just the uh, hitting's got to be a little better, and somebody's got to come through. My big problem with the Yankee pitching is the reason that the relief pitching is taxed is the guys like Cole and uh, 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 the other guy, the left-hander, what's his name? Uh, he, uh, he, uh, Cor- Cortez. He, they throw 20 pitches an inning. Yeah. There they go five or six innings. That's what taxes the bullpen. When your starting pitching does not give length. What's that stat with the Mets? Whenever a pitcher goes six innings, that should yep. be the way it is with every pitch, every team. Your starter should go at least six innings, and you have a better than a 75% chance of winning the game. Cortez is throwing 20 pitches an inning. Cole is getting back to what he usually does, 19 to 20 pitches an inning. He hasn't gone seven innings, and I think six starts. Well, Rich, now. you remember... Rich, I mean, you're a, uh, you know, I, I think I could call you, you're a seasoned baseball fan. Yeah, 68 years old. Day, I've been watching you since 1963, Dan. Why not? They, right, so yeah. think about starting pitchers. They could go out there, give up five, six runs, and yet they'll still leave them in the game seven, eight innings back in the oh, day. Oh, yeah, you wanted to get linked. Catfish Hunter used to give up home runs, and he stayed in the game. He, and that doesn't tax the bullpen. So it's not the manager that's taxing the bullpen. It's the starting pitcher. Now, I will say this. I'll still never understand why a guy gets nine, nine pitches, a relief pitcher, and they take him out. 
because you're, bring, you're using another pitcher that's a two pitches now that you can't use the next day. Leave the guy that's in there already. This way you don't use him the next day, but you leave another guy in, that you didn't use fresh for the next day. I don't understand this, why every guy has to pitch one inning. But you know what, Dan, what's interesting, they had a couple of blowout games, and I saw that they left the relief pitcher in for two innings. So I wondered if it was a 5-4 game or a close game, they wouldn't have left that same relief pitcher in for two innings. But if he could stay in for two innings in a blowout game, leave him in for, and he was effective, leave him in for two innings in a close game. I mean, if he's pitching good, I don't care whether it's a safe situation, not a safe, leave him in. Well, you know, how these, you know how these teams are. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's call. right. But You know what, I mean, Rich, here's the thing, and thanks for the call as always. Um, these teams map all this stuff out for like weeks at a time. You know, so Aaron Boone or, you know, Buck Showalter, whatever, with the, they know their schedule. They know the opponents they have coming up. They know how much work a particular relief pitcher has already given over the last several days, how much they think that he can give over the next week or whatever. That's why they plot this thing out, and they're so controlling. Like you said, if a relief pitcher goes out there and he goes boom, 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 one, two, three, and it only takes him seven pitches, sometimes they take him out of the game because they realize, hey, I might need him tomorrow, or I might need him the next day. I don't want to burn him out. And yes, the reason, look, this is a war that's not worth fighting. What Richard came on screaming about with the NBA Finals and how much of a gap. I mean, we make jokes about this just because it is what it is. And it's been like this forever. You know, they like to space this thing out. If this goes seven games, game seven is going to be on Father's Day, which is Sunday, June 18th. Think about that. So 17 days potentially to play the NBA Finals if it goes the distance. But what they try not to do is, of course, is to over, not try, they don't. They never have the Stanley Cup Finals and the NBA Finals playing on the same night. That would be unfair. You're not going to try to cut an audience in half, so to speak. So game one is tonight. Game two is going to be Sunday. Game three will be next, let's see, that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the 7th. And then game four will be a week from tomorrow, the ninth. So you only get that one day in between game three and four. So that's satisfactory. You know, just the one day off, Wednesday, Friday. And that's all we'll promise ourselves right now. We hope the series goes a little bit longer, but you're only guaranteed to get the four games. By the way, Adam Silver, he who uh, runs the National Basketball Association, he's doing his kind of state of the NBA press conference right now as we speak out at Denver you know, at the site of the final, so he's just weighing in on all things NBA-related, like Goodell does at the Super Bowl every year. In particular, he was asked a question about John Morant and when the league could potentially hand down their discipline to the Grizzlies guard. Adam Silver said, quote, and this is from Tim McMahon of ESPN, We've uncovered a fair amount of additional information. We probably could have brought it to a head now, but we've made the decision that it would be unfair to these players and these teams to announce that decision in the middle of this series. So as soon as the finals are finished, that's when the league is going to give the verdict. Translation, you know what that means? They've uncovered some stuff which does not paint the player in a positive light. They are going to probably incur a suspension, which is pretty sizable. And they do not want that to be the talking point during the NBA Finals. Because I guarantee you, if John Morant goes out there and gets suspended, not if he goes out there, but if the league goes out there and, let's say, uh, ballpark, suspends John Morant for 25 games, I guarantee you, most talk shows, this talk show, the first takes of the world, whatever, the next morning, instead of talking about the game, they're going to talk about John Morant getting a 25-game suspension, whether it's fair, whether it's too lax, blah, 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 blah. 
just the way it is. And you know, those other shows, they don't acknowledge the Denver Nuggets that they exist at all, so why would they talk about the actual games that they're playing in? 800-919-3776. That is a telephone number. We'll get into some NBA Finals conversation, more of your calls, and a rough night for a former New York Met, and sounds like he's searching for answers. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Alan Parsons, they've been on this show like two or three times this week. Look at Harvey bringing them back. See, Harvey gets all the big acts, man. It's a good tune. A lot of people don't know this. You know this song, and it's called The Eye in the Sky. There's actually almost like a part one to this song. Do you know what the part one of the song is, guys? Seriously, because you're a little bit younger. I wouldn't expect you to necessarily know this. I do not. I actually got this song off a sample from the legendary Immortal Technique. He has his own it, version of this song. It, I did not know that. But anyway, if you, look in the, if you look and search, okay, like the part one of that song is called Serious just like Sirius XM. It's called Sirius. That musical piece was that haunting, intimidating music that the Chicago Bulls used to play to introduce their starting lineups during the Jordan days. Yep. How about that? And that, to me, I, I, I don't care what sport, what year, what team, what home field advantage... If you know, you know. There was nothing more intimidating than that. Back in those days when, if you had a dog in the fight, if you didn't have a dog in the fight, okay? Soon as they did the visiting team starting lineup, they turned the lights down first at the old Chicago Stadium, then at the United Center, and all of a sudden the spotlight started going around the building and you heard that music and it came and it just started building and building. Then the guy gets into it. And now the starting lineup for your Chicago Bulls. Game was over. Might want to drink some water right about now. Game was over. No, I'm fine. Man of many talents. Don't you forget that. And more often than not, you were a visiting team. You didn't have a shot because the Bulls just destroyed you. But, yeah, there's your little music slash sports trivia for the night. How about that? By the way, before we get back to the phone calls, remember our buddy Noah Syndergaard, Thor? Well, he's not Thor anymore. And I'm not sitting here dumping on the guy. I'm just, you know, telling it like it is. 
He was a good Met for a while. Think about that. You know, trivia question. Who was the only Met pitcher to win a game during their last trip to the World Series in 2015? Noah Syndergaard. He won game three. But unfortunately, unlike Thor the superhero, Thor the baseball player, just like other athletes, they are not immortal. And all of a sudden, these great powers that they once have, they're not going to be there all the time. And I think he's been dealing with that certainly for the last couple of seasons, ever since he had the Tommy John surgery, which forced him to miss 2020. You know, he came back in 21, he made like one appearance with the Mets, and then he hit free agency, and he got that big contract with the, when I say big contract, but the Angels gave him a lot of money to go pitch for a year. Then he gets traded to Philadelphia last season to help them get to the World Series. And then the Dodgers pay him handsomely to come pitch for them for one season. But the results haven't been there. So you look at Syndergaard right now and how he's fared. And let's just say he really hasn't fared. He's got a six and a half ERA. Yesterday, in his most recent start against the crummy Nationals, gave up three home runs. He was saying things after the game like, you know, I'm tired of being the weakest link for this team. And... You know, it was almost like you feel bad for the guy. It was almost like a cry for help. Listen to him after the game. I was trying to, to make those adjustments, but just you know, trying to make these big adjustments during starts or in between starts just isn't the easiest. You know, I'd give my hypothetical firstborn to be the old me again. I don't do everything possible to, to get back to that. It's just I'm still expected to go out there and compete, and today just fell behind. It's got to be a helpless feeling. It really and truly does. You know, you were on top of the world. You could step out on a mound and do anything you wanted to with that baseball. You were one of the best at your craft in the entire world. And then, unfortunately, the body can't take it any longer. Injuries take hold of you. And, you know, even though we're in the world where there's great, you know, medical science and, you know, the technologies and the rehabs and the conditionings and all these things, sometimes you can't put Humpty Dumpty back together again. And, and the body just will not respond. It's like a car. You know, you can only drive a car so long and so far before it doesn't do the things that it used to do when it was brand new. And Syndergaard's dealing with that right now. And, you know, I don't know what his future is. I, I think he might be in a situation where, you know, maybe give the bullpen a shot. You know, see if he could be like a short inning reliever to where if he's not able to, like, dial it up for, you know, five, six innings any longer, maybe he can for one or two innings. Every couple of days. That might not be the worst thing in the world. Let's say hi to uh, Jose in Brooklyn, who was up next here on 98.7. Hello, Jose. How are you? Good afternoon, Mr. Graza. How are you doing today? Jose, I'm outstanding. What is going on? Okay. Not much. Were you at the game, by the way? I was not. I had another commitment uh, today, so I was not at the game. Uh, no worries. I had work, and uh, like I told Joe, I wasn't going to spend $80 on, on the secondary market just to be shunned by a couple of radio personalities. <laughs> wow. But here's, <laughs> but uh, just to go out there, I just really wanted to talk about, um, and I have no problem saying this on their show, if they actually pick up the phone. Thank you, Mr. Graza, for picking me up on, on Memorial Day. Another shout out to them. But here's the thing. Um, well, wait a sec. Uh, time out, time out, time out, time out, time out. Okay. <laughs> I don't um, no, let, let, me, let me just say this, okay? Let me just say this. <laughs> I don't get into the whole radio soap opera thing. I don't know what's oh, going on behind the scenes. I stay out of this. I stay in my own little corner because I don't want to come <laughs> off sounding like, you know, like I don't care, but I really don't care. 
You know what I'm saying? Like to me, it's kind of like high school garbage, you know, like gossip girls type stuff. I really don't get involved in that. But let me just ask you, so I know where I'm coming from. What's the beef with those guys? Um, uh, my beef with those guys is is they they they, they want to run this game where I call in, they put me on hold, they have RJ look like a they have RJ look like a, a real bad guy when he's really the sweetest guy. It constantly apologizes, and it's really just a thing where it's just more of I feel like. They don't. They want me to put on put on the makeup, and I don't want to put on clown makeup. I just want to, you know, get my sports take in, have a good time, you know, and you know, ha, ha, you know, make fun of Rick DiPietro, and you know, and ha, and ha, have a good time. But I guess you know that was just too much for them. So and they don't they take your call. Like they don't. They don't let you come on the show. Oh no, they don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, Jose, let me ask you a question, okay? I, I, and I'm not I feel talking a about hurt by you. I feel I'm a little hurt. I'm not talking hurt. about we have to like you know get the Geneva Convention in on this. But I'm trying to. How can we brokerage peace? What? Can how we can do? we brokerage peace? Honestly, and this is great that you did this right now because I want a brokerage peace. And the thing is, is as an old 1050 listener, yes, I'm going by 1050. Part wow. of the Max Kellerman Army, part of the Max Kellerman Army. So the company is not the first click to ever come in formation. <laughs> okay, they're not the, they're not going to be the last. They're not going to be the last click. So we we, we want to you know. So if me and uh, let's say Lonnie, because Lonnie looks like an outstanding peace broker, if me yeah. and him could get in the conversation, I think me and him will have a great time. I've seen him reference me a couple times on a couple of funny stories. And Lonnie from Harlem looks like a very well, well stand-up Jose, Jose here's, here's what we're going to do. And i got to let you go here because I'm, I'm up against it with the clock. They're going to, like, throw me mm-hmm. off the air if I don't respect the clock. But I thank you for calling. All here's right. what I'm going to do for you. I promise you this. The, over the next couple of months in the summertime, okay, I'm going to be with those guys in the morning. In some way, shape, or form, I'm going to be doing a lot of the, the, the morning shows. You know, because people are off vacation, so they got to fill seats. I guarantee you, you call in one of those days, I will be... Mr. Peace Broker, okay? We will forge a relationship again, and we will hammer out our differences, and I will assure you that you'll get back in the good graces. That is going to be my lifelong, or at least my summer goal, to be able to make sure that Jose and Brooklyn will be welcomed back again by the guys in the morning. That, that is going to be my task. And if I don't accomplish it, you know what? I won't be able to sleep all summer long. Won't be able to do it. That's how confident I am that I could get this done. All right. One hour in the books. We still got 30 minutes to play with. Clock is ruined. The clock is ruined. So I've been told. So we'll try to make the most of it when we return. Remember, 30 minutes away from game one of the NBA Finals. Nuggets and Heat, we come back. We'll do a little preview plus your phone calls. Grasses show for another 30 right here on 98.7 ESPN. And now the starting lineup for your Chicago Bulls. 